0: a speaker, podcast host, and USA Today's best-selling author of over 80 books. Trisha writes in numerous genres, including fiction, parenting, marriage, and books for children and teens. And she loves to mentor writers through Write That Book Club. And Trisha, we are so happy to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here.
0: Well, you know, Trisha, I'm just going to get right to and ask you a question. In your book, Calming Angry Kids, you list five ways parents can get ahead of a young child's anger. Can you tell us about those five ways?
1: Absolutely. And I learned these five ways because we adopted younger kids. Now, you know, our biological kids also had problems with anger. But after dealing with kids that face trauma, I'm like, I need to learn how to get ahead of their anger. And so one of the ways that we dis- discover that really works is to prepare them ahead of time for situations that might happen. I think so many times we know if we're going to go into a new place or if we're heading to church or a, 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 even a play date, they don't know what to expect. And so if we let them know ahead of time, okay, we're going to be here, we're going to be there for an hour. This is some things that might happen. So many times kids have different expectations. And so say we go to the park, they thought we were going to be there all day the anger might build up or they're unsure of a new situation. And so preparing them and letting them know ahead of time can really help them to kind of get ahead of that anger. Another thing is to think ahead of of situations that might be challenging and then make it as easy as possible. So if there's changing, maybe go to a different Sunday school class or even if they're going to their Sunday school class they're familiar with and their teacher's not there. You know, let them know ahead of time you're going to have a new teacher this week. Mommy's going to sit in here or daddy's going to sit in here for a couple minutes and help you adjust. I think so many times as adults, we know how to adjust. We know how to kind of go with the flow. We've learned this over time, but younger kids often don't know how to do that. And it comes out in anger because all of a sudden they don't know how to handle the situation. So that's two of the things. And then I think this is something that if you're around little kids all the time, you know, it's important. It's give them time and space to get their energy out. (laughs) So many times, you know, I mean, I have 10 kids, so, you know, we've done lots of toddlers. Now I have grandkids who are toddlers. And if we expect them just to come and sit and listen, you know, it's not going to work. So let them get that energy out, run around. And when I notice I do that first, like give them attention, get their energy out. It just makes the whole day, whatever situation go better. And then number four, recognize the difference between their willful and their childish behaviors. And I think so many times we also will look at a kid and they'll do something, they'll spill something, and we get angry or we try to discipline them. Well, a toddler may not have the control to like pick up a big cup or to you know carry around the snack, and so then we're we're disciplining them for something that maybe they're not even physically capable of. So when we get actually realize like, okay, are they just being, is it just childish? Are they just unable to deal with that, to like carry that cup? Or are they looking at us and like dumping it? Because that's completely two different things. And then the final thing is to really teach them expectations and rules for how they need to behave. So and and start with one rule. You know, when you have a two-year-old say, we're just going to sit here while we have dinner, I need you to sit here for two minutes, you know, because kids will want to run around, they won't want to sit and eat. So make these small little rules. And then after they can do those things, the more time that they can learn to sit there, learn to try new foods, learn to, you know, not interrupt conversations, then we can kind of grow. But I think so many times, again, all of it goes around to our expectations of preschoolers and what they are capable of, compared to, you know, it's a process where we're actually guiding them and teaching them in small steps.
0: Yes, I love it. So the first one was to prepare them ahead of time for change,
1: correct? Yes. Prepare them ahead of time for any situations that you think might make them upset. So say, if they're going to a park, and you know, you're only gonna be able to stay for a short amount of time, prepare them like we're only gonna be able to stay for 30 minutes or we're only, you know, we're going to go to McDonald's, but we're just going to get a snack. We're just going to get some fries because we're going to have dinner in an hour at home or whatever. So if you know there's something that is going to make them angry, (laughs) just prepare them ahead of time and let, and talk through. And even little kids can understand if we, you know, just use simple words to prepare them. If we know there's something like, okay, this is going to make this child upset. Think about those things ahead of time.
0: Yeah. I think that's important. And also I have a friend who has an autistic child and before she takes them to school, she takes them to the playground. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's very early in the morning, but it's their their playground in their neighborhood. So she takes them even it's just she says it's like for 15 minutes. She lets them run around, got on the slide, run around. And by the time she gets them to school, he's able to sit. Better yes. because,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think as a homeschooling mom, too, and this isn't just for preschoolers. You know, let them run around outside, like not immediately in the morning, sit down. <laughs> we're going to get this work done go outside, see if you can find three bugs. Uh, my friend Jamarel Stewart, who's a podcaster, or a blogger, and a YouTuber, she always talks about they do a morning walk, then they do their homeschool, and then they do an afternoon walk. So let's, let's get them more out a little bit. So then they're able to sit down and actually concentrate.
0: And then the childish behavior. I think that's really important too, because new mothers, you know, when you're a new mom, you just, you just don't know. Is this right? Is this normal for this child to do this? Is this Really childish behavior, or are they behaving badly? And you know, teaching them the rules—I think that's so important too. You know, they need to know the boundaries. They need to know what is expected of them. Because if you yell at a child and they look at you like you know, deer in the headlights, well, why, mommy? What? What? You know, because they just didn't know. And then you have mother's guilt because you feel bad mm-hmm. for yelling Absolutely. at them, realizing they just didn't know that that was a, a bad thing to do. So
1: yeah, I and thought- then when you yeah, when you're teaching them, also get other people involved. So my daughter, she lives, she's a missionary in the Czech Republic, and she has a two-year-old. And so we we video call all the time. And she'll say, show Nana how you're learning the interrupt rule. And she's teaching her when she's talking to someone or on the phone to just put her hand on her arm. My granddaughter put her hand on my daughter's arm to let her know she wants to tell her something. So she's not running in and interrupting the conversation. And so, you know, my daughter was showing me like, okay, I'm going to be talking to Nana. Show how you use your interrupt rule. And then we can praise her. We can say, you are growing. You are learning new things. Look at you. You're such a big girl. And so while we're teaching our kids, you know, just give them that positive affirmation and have other people be involved. You know, then next time she talks to Papa, like ask ask Amelia about how she learned the interrupt rule. And then everyone can get excited as we're teaching them. And then they realize like, oh, look, at! I'm getting big. I'm learning new rules instead of being like, you need to do this or you're know, getting upset with them because they're interrupting when we're talking.
0: Exactly. I, I love that. Put, put your hand on my arm. So mommy knows you want, you know, my attention here instead of, you know, coming in and yelling and screaming. Hey, yes. mom. yeah, that's great. <laughs> so how can preschoolers be taught how to label their feelings, including mm-hmm. anger? That was on page 157 of your book. Could you? Yeah, you know, talk about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't even realize, like, just like we teach kids to eat with a fork or brush their teeth, like, we actually teach kids about their emotions and their feelings. And sometimes we do a good job and sometimes we don't do a very good job. For example, one of our daughters, we adopted her when she was five. And when she would get hurt, like uh, skin her knee, she would get angry and she'd hit the wall and she'd be so upset. Or if she was overwhelmed with something good happening, like, guess what? We could go to pizza she didn't know how to handle her emotions. She would get angry. She would throw a fit. And we're like, this is a good thing. But talking to her therapist, therapist said, you don't know if people taught her how what her emotions were, or maybe she was hurt and someone laughed at her. Maybe she was hurt and she got a spanking because she was bothering someone. So we actually had to train her at five to say, this is your emotions. You are angry. You are hurt. You are sad. You are excited. And we had to role play what the emotions are and teach her those things and so when kids are little we could actually if we see them being sad you are sad you know do you need mommy to give you a hug or you are angry I would be angry too if my brother took my toy and so it's not just you know saying you're angry stop being angry don't do that go to your room I'll even say sometimes like I understand if people take my things that makes me angry but let's take a deep breath and let's talk and ask our brother for our toy back. So you're labeling their emotions and then they'll start repeating, I'm angry. You are, what are you angry about? So it's not a bad thing for them. We always think like anger is a bad thing. Sometimes it's very justified that they are angry for situations. So they can tell us and we can communicate. And when we're able to put words to it, it takes it from that emotional brain to the thinking brain. And so they could start communicating what's going on instead of just laying on the floor screaming. And we don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, anger is a good emotion we need to have. It's an emotion that God created and everything God Mm -hmm. created is good. It's how we use it, you know, how we teach our children to use it, or to understand it. I think that's the important uh, concept that they need to learn. And I love that taking it from the emotion to the thinking part, like, okay, what's going on here? You know,
1: and when they're able to speak it. Then you're able to communicate and they're starting to process, this is why I'm angry. This is what's going on. And so even as they grow, when they start feeling that emotions, then they'll immediately start processing, oh, this is what I'm angry about. Because we all know the times we're upset and just mad at the world. And then we realize, oh, I'm angry because that person cut me off 20 minutes ago and I'm taking it out on everyone else. So the sooner we can process, like, I'm angry. This is why I'm angry or teach our kids to do that, it can just change the day because all of a sudden we're thinking about it and we're talking about it and we're you know know seeking help like from a parent yeah Yeah, it's okay okay.
0: christina fox wrote a book tell god how you feel now i know our audience will only hear this but there's a book called tell god how you feel helping kids with hard emotions by christina fox and i'm just going to do a book review on that on my uh, raising christian kids community facebook group i love that book but I think it's it's so true. Listen, kids don't understand emotions. They're kids. Right. They're learning everything. So I think that's important. And I think you do an excellent job in your book explaining that as well. So how can we nurture a preschooler's spiritual side? You talk about that on page 163 in your book.
1: Yeah, what I love is that we can, just like we're introducing emotions, just like we're teaching rules, we could, we could teach our kids in very simple ways throughout the day that God is there and God is able to help them. So when something's going wrong, you're angry, yes, you know, let's let's work it out. But we can pray and God can help us. And God can help us when we feel angry or God can help us when we feel sad. Would you like me to pray with you? And we can teach them that God is available to help. One of my friends, Francie, she talks about, you know, the Holy Spirit can be here and he can help you have patience and he can help you have peace. And just even at young ages, they'll start learning to turning to God. And, you know, sometimes we could read a Bible story and, oh, Jesus was angry. He was turning over tables. Is that okay? Well, he was angry because people were not doing what God wanted. And so we can start, you know, through Bible stories or whatever's going on in the situation, just keep pointing those things back to God. And it's amazing at young ages, they can start understanding that God is there. I remember when we first adopted some of our little kids, like two and five years old, I would say, oh, we need to pray for that person when we see like an ambulance. And pretty soon they were reminding me when they see, you know, someone that fell on their bike, we need to pray for that person. So we start teaching these concepts that it's God that we turn to, that God can help us, that we can pray for others, that we can seek him for help. And that is how, you know, the spiritual side has grown. It's not, we don't have to wait till they're 10 that they could read the Bible stories for themselves or whatever, just even young ages, we could teach them to turn to God.
0: It's so important because that's where the foundation lays, you know, from the womb to about age 10, that's the foundation. And Mm -hmm. it's never too early and it's never too late, I always say. But your book, Calming Angry Kids, Help and Hope for Parents in the World Wind. I highly suggest it to our listeners today, and we will have links in our show notes where they can reach you. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: No, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. And I'm so thankful for what you're doing to encourage and equip and inspire parents. I think I've had people in my life when I was a young mom that have done that. So I love what you're doing. Thank
0: you, Trisha. You have a blessed day and we can all work together to help raise strong Christian kids.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.